0: Hello, my friends, and welcome to Episode 7 of Unlimited. Y'all, I have to be honest with you, I had a really hard time with this episode, more so than usual, because of the topic. I was seeing a lot of people talking about New Year's resolutions and setting intentions and all the New Year stuff, and one— I don't like to do what everybody else does. (laughs) But two, I was feeling like, gosh, we're not ready. We're not ready for this. Why are we talking about this? Oh, well, it's almost the new year. So uh, okay, fine. And while it is my podcast, and I get to decide what I talk about, I thought it was important to explore how do we Honor this desire to move forward? Because part of it's the social story of talking about New Year's stuff at New Year's and making new plans and doing new things and, you know, new stuff. How do we honor that while we still feel paralyzed in many ways by COVID and everything that is going on right now in our society? So, this episode, I decided that we are going to dive into how to cultivate a positive mindset without ignoring reality. How do you stay grounded in the present moment and in what is actually happening and still honor the desire to create something new? So we're going to be talking about how to make plans and why we don't, why we resist it, not just now but in general the difference between goals and intentions utilizing productive reflection to support next steps staying in control and empowered when life happens because life does happen as we very much got a dose of this past year and five steps to support aligned forward movement whether it is in this new year or at any point in the future. So, without further ado, let's get started. Hey there, I'm Valerie Friedlander, Certified Life Business Alignment Coach, and this is Unlimited. This podcast bridges the individual and the societal, scientific and spiritual, positive and negative, nerdy and, no, there's just a lot of nerdy. (laughs) Come on board and let's unlock a life that's as badass as you are. I was trying to figure out what I was going to talk about for this episode, because it's such an interesting time that we're in right now. We're almost to the new year, and so there's a lot of movement or desire to talk about setting intentions for the next year resolutions, if you're into resolutions, making plans for 2021. I've even gotten an email that was all about making 2021 your best year ever. And I was like, oh, no, no, (laughs) We, we can't, we can't do that right now. I'm sorry. It's still too fresh, too raw. Remembering a year ago this time and all of the make 2020 your best year ever and all of the plans and hopes and excitement for this year, you know, talking about 2020 vision and all of that. And I'm not a big fan anyway of the whole new year, new you kind of thing. I'm definitely a fan of setting goals. The way we set them is really important. A lot of times, I have people coming to me because they keep saying they want stuff and they're not doing the things that they say they want to do to get the thing that they say they want. And we do a lot of work around what the blocks are to that. Ultimately, it comes to the process being in alignment with the goal, because if your process pulls you further away from your goal, you're naturally going to have a harder time doing the things So creating an alignment between the experience that you're striving for and the experience that you're currently having is important. We'll come back to that in a minute, but I'm really having a time with that whole drive to talk about the new year and setting intentions and the experience that we're currently in because we're still experiencing societal trauma we are still going through COVID. While there's a lot of hope in the outlook with having a vaccine coming and all of that, there's just there's a lot of possibilities. But we're not there yet. We're actually right in the thick of it right now. But there's a desire to make plans. And And there's a reason for that, not just because it's the time for that, but because making plans creates a sense of hope. Having something to look forward to creates a space of excitement. It energizes the experience of life. However, there's also a lot of reluctance to make plans because, gosh, how many of us were super burned by making plans this past year, right? It Nothing looked the way that we expected. I even saw somebody post about setting intentions and how she didn't want to set intentions this year because her intention last year, her word of the year last year, was unforgettable. And she's like, I am not interested I'm I'm very nervous to set another word of the year because that one it's like the genie in the lamp when you make the wishes and the wish comes out if you're not like super duper specific the wish comes out all wrong or not the way you wanted it like be careful what you wish for. It's this really weird space to be in, but it's actually not that unusual for a lot of people when it comes to setting goals. Many times when we've had a disappointing experience or something that we felt as painful, we will resist that situation happening again. So we will put up obstacles consciously or usually unconsciously. To putting ourselves in a position where that could happen again, because who wants to experience pain? Nobody. Nobody wants that. Now, yes, pain can be valuable, it can be valuable information, but our subconscious brain takes that information and goes, This should be avoided. So if you have had experiences where you have set plans and they fell through, you are more likely to resist putting yourself in a situation where you can be disappointed like that again, especially if it is something that you cared deeply about or something that you want to do that you care deeply about. I posted on my Facebook page a few days ago asking what people typically do when it comes to setting goals? When do they do that? Is it in the wintertime for like New Year's resolutions? Is it in the springtime when it's time to plant new seeds in the natural cycle of things? or whether they don't really do goal setting at all or quarterly or whatever. And I got a whole variety of responses, which is a fabulous reminder that everybody is different in terms of what works for them, what supports them in moving forward in life and achieving the things that they want to achieve, experiencing life the way that they want to experience it. That's one of the things that I work with clients around is finding what works for them. And one of the things that I love about coaching, well, at least the coaching the way I do it and the way I was trained to do it, which is about tapping into my client's expertness versus giving advice. So we may talk about like mindset tips and tricks and things like that, but ultimately the solutions that you find are about you and exploring what works for you. So when it comes to the new year, the big question is, what do you want to make of it? Acknowledging that there are lots of factors involved. And if you've been burned, like most of us have by this year, or had any experiences that were unpleasant when it comes to setting goals, then you may have resistance to doing that. And if you are wanting to do that and find yourself not doing that, it's helpful to look at why and what's going on there and what would you like to do. And actually, that brings us to exactly what I would ask you right now, and that is, what do you want? Because you get to choose. Every moment you have the ability to choose how you want to show up to what life holds. No, you can't choose what comes into your life. That is not something that we can control. Like You can't mindset your way out of COVID. Sorry, it just isn't a thing that any of us can do. (laughs) even though there are plenty of people who are trying, which is kind of unfortunate, but we also can't control them either. So knowing that it's not all mindset, but you are in charge of your own mindset, asking yourself, what do you want, is always the first piece. And when I say, what do you want, I don't mean what do you want someone else to do, or what do you want to happen, or anything outside of yourself, I mean, how do you want to experience life? What do you want to feel like? Because that is where our power resides, is taking action to create the experience of life that we want. While we can't control other people, places, and things, when we focus on what we can control, that's where we have power. A lot of times when I talk to people initially the focus is on what they don't want. They want, you know, less stress, they want a different work environment, they want to stop spinning in self-doubt, to stop procrastinating, things like that. And that's normal for us to focus on the things that we don't want because that's the way our brain works. Our brain tends to focus in on the pain and that helps us avoid the pain, right? That's our survival brain. But we don't want our survival brain to be in charge most of the time. We want our conscious brain, our intentional brain to be in charge. And that is why it's important to recognize what you want and to shift the focus into what you want. So when I start to talk to somebody and they tell me initially what they want is what they don't want, or what they want to avoid, we need to look at, okay, if that wasn't there, what would you have? If you weren't overstressed, if you weren't procrastinating, what would be different for you? What would you do differently? How would you feel differently? And that's where our focus needs to be. You know that saying, where your focus goes, your energy flows, Well, if your focus is going towards what you don't want, that's where your energy is going to avoid what you don't want, which limits the options that you have available to you. Either you have what you don't want or you don't have what you don't want. It's either or and we're into a binary. Whereas if you say, this is what I want, I want to experience life like this. Like a lot of my clients have a value around fun. I want to have more fun in my life or I want to be more present or focused or energized those types of words, then we have something to explore with. Well, what would make things more fun? What could you do to bring more fun into your life? What would this particular activity that you have in front of you need in order to be more fun? It creates a sense of expansiveness, of options, of choices that are more exciting and energizing instead of exhausting. And choices are what create a sense of personal freedom. The more choices that we can see for ourselves, the more we have of possibilities in our life. And the more possibilities, the more freedom, the more freedom to choose to be who we wanna be, no matter what life throws our way. I like to use the analogy of surfing, and I should caveat this with the understanding that I am not a surfer and I have never surfed before. (laughs) But I think when you think about swimming in the ocean, right? We we are swimming in the ocean of life and we cannot control the waves of life, but we can control how we ride them. And the more connected we are to our surfboard, the more easily we can maneuver in the water. We can't decide what wave is going to come, but we can decide what direction we're going in and whether we're lying flat on our surfboard or whether we're standing on our surfboard, whether we're allowing the waves to move us forward or whether we are paddling with our arms, any of those things, we have more choice involved. And then the survival brain is when we're clinging desperately to our surfboard for dear life because we feel like we're getting knocked around. It's like the ocean is too big for us and we are at the mercy of what's happening. And honestly, there is a lot of that. It's totally understandable if you feel that way right now with everything that's going on. A lot of it does feel a little too big. So if you are feeling that way, again, that is normal. Understanding where the overwhelm is coming from, because overwhelm is a space of inaction, if you understand what's triggering that, then you can come back to okay, this is what's going on, and I want this, what could I do to create more of that? Or what do I need to support myself to create more of what I'm looking for, what I want to experience life like? What could I do to bring in more fun? And maybe it's some sort of self-care activity, right? Like Maybe it's, I can't see anything right now, and I just need to take a nap, or I need to give myself more space, like the last couple podcasts I've had have talked about the giving yourself grace giving yourself space to rest so that you can shift into a more creative mindset and be able to come up with solutions all right. So, how do you apply this to now? If you are someone who likes to do something in the new year, as a lot of people do, right? Like there is a social movement, a social energy around taking action right now or not even necessarily taking action, but but thinking about the action that you want to take right now. There are some things that I like to do with clients and, and for myself that help with moving forward. And it's not just a New Year's thing. It's an anytime thing. I actually find that going through a check-in periodically can be really helpful. But if you like the specialness of this arbitrary date of the new year, then, <laughs> then it can work. Not to mention the winter, well, it's good for rest, it's good for reflection and planning. And so if you think about it that way, it could be a really appropriate time. So let's go back to the idea of setting goals. Setting goals may not be the word that resonates for you, but it might be. B the interesting thing with setting goals is that your real goal is about how you'll feel the feeling is the goal so the more you can bring the feeling that you're looking for into the process the easier it is to take action because when we get overwhelmed and resist setting goals because we've been burned before because we got attached to an outcome and it didn't follow through if you have a goal that you're Pulled further away from by the process of achieving that goal, then that's going to make that letdown even harder. The more you can connect what you want to achieve to the process of achieving it, the easier it is to have productive reflection versus reactive reflection, like beating yourself up, if you don't achieve the goal or if you do achieve the goal. When you're setting goals, it's important to have a time frame around that so that you can do that reflection in a productive way, again, instead of a reactive way. Because a lot of times we will set goals off of feelings because, as I mentioned, the feeling is the goal. But when we set goals off of feelings or assess our achievement of those goals based off of our feelings. We're not looking at facts. We're not looking at data. We're looking at our experience. And those two things may not match. So it's really important to have measurable things when you're setting goals we're going to pull back from the goal part and move into the emotion part first. And that is where intentions come in. So early on in this, I kind of used intentions and goals interchangeably because they're often used interchangeably in society, but they aren't the same thing. Intentions are about the way that you show up whereas goals are external achievements. So they do go hand in hand, as I've mentioned, but we need to separate those two because they really are two different things. When it comes to achieving things or setting goals, we have where we are, the present moment, and the future, where we want to go, and then there's the path to get there. And that is gonna be different for each person. There is no set way to do it. There's a lot of people out there who will give you tools to set your ideal day, to achieve success or whatever. And pieces of that may work for you. But being a unique individual, there's going to be your way. So when you know where you are now and where you want to go and how you want to experience that process, then you can make intentional decisions that create stair steps forward that align with the way that you want to experience life. There's a lot of talk right now about reactive decision-making, more in terms of not making fear-based decisions. And what I'm seeing in some conversations, some aspects of that conversation, has to do more with being anti-risk assessment. It's more like, I don't want to be restricted by fear, so I'm going to ignore everything else and just do what I want to do. And there's kind of some shaming around having fear or being cautious. And this is an issue because there is nothing wrong with being risk-averse, and there are very real things to be concerned about. That's not fear-based decision-making. That's knowing how you want to show up and what your values are and what's important to you, and then taking the space to make appropriate risk analysis on the path you choose to move forward. So if you have a fairly high risk tolerance, you may take one path. And if you have a low risk tolerance, you may take another path. It doesn't mean you won't go to the same place. It just means that the way you get there will look different. And you know what? That's okay. The key here is that you're choosing intentionally and not just making reactive decisions or Not choosing. I say this as someone who spent a good chunk of my life not choosing. You know, that whole if you don't make a decision, you've made a decision. Well, that was me. I didn't want to make decisions because they felt too big and I didn't really know what I wanted. I based what I wanted off of other people. And so until I had the information about what other people wanted and what I didn't want, I couldn't make a decision. So I would just default decide. And that left me with a lot of decisions that I didn't really like, but I didn't have power because I hadn't consciously made the decision. Thus, I didn't have ownership of the decision. I didn't feel like the decision was mine. So I couldn't go, well, what worked and what didn't? And what do I want to do differently next time? Because I didn't feel like I owned what happened. And this is why I talk so much about owning the way you do life, because when you own the way you do life, then that is empowerment. That That is where you have power, making conscious decisions that are made from a space of love, even if they're doing a risk analysis, (laughs) they're made consciously, and then you can assess them and make different decisions. That was actually one of the most profound ahas I ever had was sitting in the car listening to the Magnolia soundtrack, and one of Amy Mann's songs is Momentum, and it goes, Oh, for the sake of momentum I've allowed my fears to get larger than life and it's brought me to my current agenda, whereupon I deny fulfillment has yet to arrive. And I know life is getting shorter. I can't bring myself to set the scene. Even when it's approaching torture, I've got my routine. <laughs> and I totally resonated with that, just defaulting into things. And as I was sitting there listening to that song and the rest of the soundtrack, which is also fabulous, and I'll put a link in the show notes, I realized that I did not want to resonate with that soundtrack anymore. I did not want to feel that. I wanted to be an agent of my life. I wanted to make choices so that I could make more choices, so that I could decide where I was headed and, you know, become one with my surfboard and paddle in the direction of my choosing, even if I decided I wanted to turn around and paddle the other way, I could choose that. So that's one of the reasons why this is so important to me. And I've done so much work around it personally, but also working on it with my clients. It's because the more powerful we are in our own lives, the more able we are to impact around us in a conscious way. And I think the world needs more women taking their power into society and bringing more compassion into this space that we exist in. All right, so back to intentions. Take a look at some of the goals that you have, some of the things that you would want to achieve. If there's anything that you may be resisting thinking about because you're like, it's not time yet, that's fine. But anything that you would like to have more of in your life or create new in your life, identify how you will feel if you had that and maybe take a moment to write it down and see what the patterns are. See what words jump out at you. The whole idea of a word of the year is having that as a touchstone to focus you to help simplify the decision making so that you can Make conscious choices, but take it out of the overwhelming space of making those decisions. So like I said, what would it take to be more fun or to experience more fun? It allows you to simplify the questions that you ask to make the decisions that move you forward. So that's one key thing that you can do. And this isn't even necessarily like a word of the year. Maybe you make it a word of the year, but maybe it's your word of the week or the month, or the quarter. It's definitely not the word of your life, because obviously, things change over time, and you learn new things, and you want to do things differently. I wonder about the woman who said that her word was unforgettable. And okay, yes, it's definitely been an unforgettable year, but she didn't create that with her word, right? What it could have done is... How do I make how I show up to this unforgettable? As in, how do I bring the most learning or the most growth into the experience that I'm having? There are so many different ways of approaching it, and this is one of the benefits to working with someone around your life and how you are engaging it and engaging your goals, because sometimes we don't think to go as deep as we need to go. I do have spots open for the beginning of the year, so if that's something you wanna look into, I'm happy to chat with you. As important as I see having a word, that's not actually where I start when I engage this process of bringing intentionality into choice. I start with reflection, and this is the process that I will be going through in my Flow Mastery group and that I do myself myself. As I kick off a new year, but anytime I feel like I need to do a check in, we start with reflection and assessing where we're at. So our subconscious often makes assumptions that because something went wrong before it will go wrong again, as I mentioned earlier. And so we tend to focus in on the pain. It does this to keep us from getting hurt. But as we've also mentioned, failure is a mindset. So if we're avoiding getting hurt based off of the assumption of outcomes, we're going to self-sabotage every time. And that defaulting into decision making is where we will go. To change this, you need to take time for a bigger picture. Look at what you're actually capable of and what you have gained from those past failures. This is a powerful year to take some time to do some reflection, looking back at what happened and how you showed up to it, the way you experienced it, not in a self-depreciating kind of way or, oh, I wish I had done this, that, or the other thing. Taking a look at especially focusing on what did you win at? How did you show up in ways that you could celebrate? What are the things that you can celebrate about this year. And maybe it's some creative ways that you came up with. Maybe you did have some financial successes, or maybe you connected with people in a different way. Maybe it's that you stayed within integrity to what is important to you and what your values are. Taking a look at those wins can be really helpful to see what you want to build on, not just where you want to avoid or the things that you don't want. Then the next step is the intention part, which we were just talking about. It allows you to connect to the person who you want to be. And I actually say, do the word. But if you are more of a visual person, it can help to do like a vision board sort of thing. And you can do this on Pinterest, or you can do this with magazines or whatever. But giving yourself a way to focus that keeps your energy flowing towards what you want rather than getting stuck in the box that we will default into. The third part is setting some resolutions. I only do it for a quarter because the year can feel too overwhelming. And especially with everything that we have going on right now, trying to plan a year ahead can feel like too much. As I have mentioned, we're still in a traumatic societal experience. So we don't know exactly when that's going to end and what it's going to look like when it does. So planning further ahead than that, if that feels overwhelming, that is totally understandable and it is okay. Plan for what you can. And remember that your life is different than anyone else's. So no one can give you a map to your life. You are creating that map, right now, and you get to decide how you do that. I like to think of it as setting up an experiment. Any experiment is going to have very clear-cut outlines. So what is specific, measurable, time-oriented, so that you have something to look back on in a factual way instead of that emotional way and go, okay, what worked, what didn't, what are the pieces that I put into this mixing pot and what new things do I wanna try? How close did it get me to my, you know, productive reflection instead of reactive reflection? The next piece is navigation, navigating the inner blocks to realizing your resolution, your intentions. This is the most complicated topic because there are so many layers to it, like an onion or a parfait if you prefer. Ultimately, to get something different, you have to do something different, but we won't do or sustain doing something different without believing something different about ourselves. So this isn't about believing things about the world, though that can play in, but ultimately about who we are and who we are in relation to other people and society. What you believe about yourself is the largest influencer on the way you perceive and experience the world what you notice, what you don't notice, what you think of as good or bad, what pulls you into reactivity. The way you perceive and experience the world determines the way you feel. The way you feel determines the way you engage the world. The way you engage the world determines what the world gives you back, and what the world gives you back reaffirms what you believe about yourself. So that's that subconscious loop that's always going on in the background because, hey, brains. That is the biggest area that most of my clients come to me to address. There's something between them and what they know is possible. They just can't seem to get around it. You can, of course, and you will. It's just faster when you work with a coach because we help you explore further than you are naturally inclined to go on your own. The places where your belief blocks you from even seeing that there are other things to explore, we'll see those things and help you explore them. The final piece is coming back around to observing and assessing and taking a look at what didn't work and what did work, and uncovering the patterns. Because when you engage something in a really conscious way, you'll start to notice things that you didn't notice before. And that empowers you to then take different action because you're learning about new things and moving forward. This is actually one of the reasons why this process works so well for my clients to not need me going forward is that when we engage things in such a conscious way, they're able to take that process and apply it in other areas long after we have done the core work that they came to me for. If you're interested in that kind of support as you enter a new year, then let's hop on a call together. It's free and there is no pressure involved at all. We will explore where you're at, where you wanna go, and what it might look like to work together to get you there. My Flow Mastery group is also opening at the beginning of the year. It opens every quarter, though you are welcome to hop on a call at any time and start the enrollment process for the following quarter. We have to get on a call for that one too. So either way, if you're interested, grab the link To my calendar and find a spot that works for you. I would love to talk to you. And I so appreciate you being here. If you have thoughts or you've come up with a word or intention or anything that works for you, I would love to hear it. Send me a message on Instagram or shoot me an email. I would love to hear your thoughts and anything you'd like to share about what resonated for you with this podcast or if there are any topics that you would like me to explore here going forward. Thank you so much again for joining me for this episode. I look forward to talking to you all again next week. Take care. Thanks for listening. I so appreciate you being here. If you got something out of today's episode, please share it. Leave me a review, take a screenshot and post it on social with a shout out to me. Send it to a friend or, you know, all of the above. Want to hang out more? Join me on Instagram. Or better yet, get on my mailing list to make sure you don't miss out on anything remember, your possibilities are as unlimited as you are. Allow yourself to shine, my friend. The world needs your light. See you next time.